Hey, Alien Minute listeners, how would you like an extra bit of content from John and Mitch? Say an episode where we talk about things other than Alien, like the movies that we're watching, genres, time periods, all sorts of interesting, different takes on movies. If you want to do that, you can come over and support us at patreon.com forward slash Alien Minute. Pledge us some support to help us out and to get that extra content. We promise you it'll be worth your time. Hello and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. My name is John Ingle. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 48, which begins with some breathing sounds as the folks slowly enter the infirmary and ends with Dallas looking around the infirmary with a really dim pen light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very long but very dim pin lights. And we got uh, Matt Curione back again today. How you doing, Matt? I'm still here. How you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. Thanks for coming back on. Eh, always a fun time. Right. So we so we have these pin lights. We have still haven't turned on the lights in the infirmary. But we have these very dim pin lights. So what do we make of this? What uh, I'll tell you that I've always wanted one of those things. <laughs> They seem like pretty cool little gadgets. <laughs> you want the long, thin one, right? Not the little short yeah. one that Dallas has. No, no, screw that That short thing. I want that cool-looking, long thing that basically just looks like a piece of fiber optic. What's so great is this shot, since we're s- such a low angle, we can see all of these recesses in the ceiling, and Ash immediately starts kind of looking at them and holding his hand up. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to signal the thing to come out and get him. Yeah, is he trying to catch it? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, I don't know. I I have questions about how hard Ash is really looking for this thing. There's more of that in the next minute, but it's it seems as though he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for it too, guys. Look, yeah, look at me. I'm I'm actually helping. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else is on pins and needles, you know, actually wanting to find this thing. Well, Dallas actually walks in and checks on Kane first. I know yeah. it, and I find that interesting. And it occurred to me it's something I kind of meant to mention in earlier minutes, but um, with how he reacts when we had West on in the infirmary and the face hugger, the, the opening scene in the infirmary. Um, do we get the idea that Dallas and Kane might've been really close because the way Dallas checks on him, there's something about it. Yeah. I, I have don't, a feeling that they were really close, like very close friends. It's not, he, it's not like just a practical, like oh, I'm going to check his pulse and make sure it, it, there's something about his body language and the performance that Tom Skerritt gives here. That makes me think that this guy is really important to him. And, yeah. and we find out later that Dallas has shipped out five times, right? Mm-hmm. Has Do you think Kane's been there five oh, times I'm, with him? I'm, I'm pretty sure that he was. I mean, what I've always loved about this film is you get that lived-in sense where these guys have known each other for a while. And you do get that sense of camaraderie between Dallas and Kane. I mean, not as much as, as the camaraderie between, you know, uh, 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 Parker and Brett. But with Dallas and Kane, there's that there's that knowing friendship. I mean, even earlier, I, you probably you might have covered this in an earlier minute, but when Kane is the first to volunteer to go uh, down on the planet's surface, Dallas kind of looks at him with a look of like, "Yeah, of course you are." Uh, he like, actually like, says that figures. Yeah, that figures. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I know you. I know you're gonna do this. Fine, let's do it. Uh, so yeah, I feel like yeah, these guys are buddies. They they've been friends for a while. And Dallas must feel terribly guilty. I mean, he was. Oh yeah, for. For yeah. letting him come with him, yeah. 
and letting him even go down into the uh, the egg pit uh, when it probably should have been Dallas since he was, you know, first in, in command. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, well, that always brings up... Well, I'm going to bring it back to Star Trek for a second. Actually, you often hear the argument that the first and second in command shouldn't even go on the away mission together, mm. uh, sort of like the vice president and the president not being on the same plane or whatever. But yeah. uh, I think that you could look back at the, at the derelict sequence and Dallas and Kane, if they're indeed close friends, Dallas is probably likely to humor Kane's adventurous character. And Kane is so excited about this whole situation. He's every hole he finds in the ground. He wants to jump through it. Everything that yeah. he sees, he wants to explore. And Dallas, they, they might've had some instances of like much more innocent and, and less dangerous situations, but they've probably happened before between them. So Dallas doesn't see any reason not to humor this, but then it's the most horrifying thing happening to his friend. Um, that's why we get that first unraveling of Dallas where he's panicking in the infirmary about how to get the thing off and even makes the choice, the questionable choice of going ahead and taking it off despite the possible dangers. Uh, you see your friend with an alien on his face, you're going to want to take it off and, and, I, I just think that now that something about this one little moment in this minute where he goes over and just touches his friend and just checks on him. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to check his pulse. Like there, he's in, he's being monitored in there. I think he's using that as an excuse for a small little moment of intimacy with his friend. Yeah. Well, as we, as we realize the camera is handheld and there's this instability that starts to creep into the scene, they move into the room and Dallas walks past camera which continues to look back towards Ripley, who's kneeling to look under the table. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And then we get this super loud crash. Which is very effective. <laughs> it is. It's still, I'm still a little on edge when they walk in that room, and mm -hmm. that still makes me a little jumpy, no matter the how thing, many times I see it. The thing that makes it so effective is that there is no score in this scene. It's just them. It's just sounds of breathing and them searching for this creature. And then when this thing crashes to the ground, it's all that more effective. If, if you had music in the background, you'd be more little focused on that. It would distract your attention. But here you're just focused on the characters. And then this, what is it, like, like a box falls? And, and it's like the scariest thing in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely metallic. It's a big metal crashing sound. Yeah, it's, jeez. It's the biggest possible crash that you could imagine in that room. Oh, I think that's God. the whole point. It had to be the biggest crash you could imagine. Yeah. And it just takes you right out of your skin. And then you settle back down again. Well, you get a laugh. Because you get a laugh. there's a reaction yeah. to it. And he kind of sheepishly says, you know, sorry about that. And so <laughs> you get a boo scare, a laugh, but it is a false scare. And so... We know nothing came of it. So on some level, we know the filmmakers are playing us. And yeah. this is going to be – this is one of the pleasures of the horror film. And this is going to be the game that we are now engaged in. And we're going we're to be misdirected into thinking that we're going to know where this thing is in the room, given Ash's authority in the situation. So it's a really kind of great way to get things going, get, get everybody's – blood flowing right get this laugh yeah. and then we get a shot of ripley and behind her there are these things hanging down yeah i was uh, before we go to that i was going to mention too while we're on the subject of the jump scare maybe i'm overly sensitive to them 
in the in the wake of this big jump scare. But I see it as there's the jump scare, there's the laugh, and then right when we're they know they can play with us a little bit. I think that they directed Ash to pop in and shut that door in a way that almost gives you a, if this makes any sense, a false jump scare, like a false, false scare. Right. Because the way he jumps in, I'm, I get tense for just a second when he comes in and he just very, without any warning, just comes in and just shuts the door all of a sudden and yeah. leaves the frame. And it kind of startles Ripley. And I think they're almost giving you this this like reverse <laughs> false stare, scare. I don't know what to no, call it. No, I think it. this is one of the two most playful scenes, if we can use that word, uh, in yeah. the movie. There'll be another one later when Brett goes off walking. Uh, but this is where we're in a horror movie. And some of the pleasures of the horror movie is acknowledging that we're in a horror movie. And we know that the filmmakers are going to do certain things. And there are certain kind of safe scares that we can have. And even Hitchcock played this game you know he'd give you the cliche you carry grant standing out there in the middle of nowhere and the big limousine comes toward him and you think those are the guys that are going to whack him and then the yeah. car drives on past and there's a moment of relief and nobody notices that biplane way way back in the back mm-hmm. yeah uh, ridley scott loves to play with his audience like this uh, he's done it in numerous ones uh, numerous films of his uh it's one of those those features that I just, I love. I love what he does with, with stuff like this. It does seem like this scene, they're going to pull out every stop they can in terms of jacking up the tension. Oh, yeah, it, it, adds, it all adds to that haunted house vibe that the film is going for. And that's why I think those wires are hanging behind her because we're not sure what those are. So there's that mm-hmm. shot that's really pregnant and doesn't pay off. And then we move to yet another shot, which is Dallas holding the dinky pen light which doesn't seem yeah. to be do anything except flare off of the lens of the of the camera, and he's in almost utter darkness. You can't see any features on his face. You just see this little beam of light, and the camera is tracking back with him as he explores some niche that I haven't even seen up to this point in the infirmary. Yeah, they're searching, and they just find, oh, here's another nook and cranny we can go to. So let's walk on in. Don't turn up the lights or anything. Of course not. Why would you? <laughs> I was going to ask, too, now, I know that there's a practical source for the breathing sound we're hearing in the room. It's it's Kane is sleeping, basically, yeah. right? But, man, is it amped up in the sound mix. Mm-hmm. It's really up there, kind of similar to the sound of walking into Mother, when you hear the bellows kind of breathing. Yeah. And walking into Mother. Are they, are they playing with this idea? I mean, I know it's Kane, but it's that heartbeat idea that tension-building, rhythmic uh, idea that's then ramping up the tension even more, right? I would think so, yes. Because at first I thought it might be, the, again, the ship somehow, the the, the ventilation system or something. Because yeah, I thought that's be, just too high in the mix to be Kane. But it might be Mother. Who knows? Yeah, it could be. I mean, this ship be. breathes. This ship has all sorts yeah. of organic sounds but i no matter where it's coming from it's to serve a purpose and that's again another way of building the tension getting you like to tighten up and waiting for something to happen yeah a sense of unease for the audience yeah Yeah. well that brings us to the end of this minute and i really want to see what happens next so yeah i'm kind of ready to get on on with anything else (laughs) no i don't no we're good all right well matt let us know again where we can find you on the internet 
Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Matt C. Uh, you can also find me on the podcast, the Hey What You Watching and the Talk Film Society. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash pixels and reels. It's a fun little uh, film community that I've fostered over there. Great. And uh, as always, you can find us at alienminute.com. Follow us at Alien Minute Pod on Twitter or Alien Minute Podcast on Instagram. You can come over to our Facebook page and, uh, and tell us what you think. And, of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And please leave us a review there. So that's going to do it for minute number 48. Let's move on to minute 49. See you tomorrow. <laughs>